Hello and welcome to Basel Tov, the courage and creativity of ADHD. I'm Jen. I'm Ellen. And we're here to talk about when you should leave a toxic situation. Should I stay or should you I know? go? <laughs> yes. yes. Should you? How do you know? Oh. How do you know? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people can't tell, especially, I, maybe especially ADHD people, because we're more likely <laughs> to be placed in these toxic situations, whether it's a relationship, a work environment, a religion, um, what have you. There are many forms of potential toxic situations out there in life, and it can be really confusing as to when you should work on it versus when you should just get the fuck out. <laughs> so, yeah. Get the fuck um, out. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to kind of go over this one because it can be so hard to tell, especially if you've had people telling you that you're too emotional or that you just don't think things through all the time, that maybe you shouldn't be trusting your intuition. And how many times do especially women with ADHD get told these things? Oh like God. a lot. It's so true. Yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah. you know, you never finish anything that you start. You know, you just got to stick with it. Like how many times have we heard that in yeah. our lives? So right. yeah, that, vo yeah. that voice, that authoritative voice in your head that's telling you, no, you just got to keep working on it. You know, but then, yeah, yeah. What if you're going down the wrong road? And what if you're just wasting your time? <sighs> exactly. Yeah. How do you know? We yeah. will find yes. out as we discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And Annette, I believe you said at some point earlier that ADHD people have um, a greater likelihood of being in toxic or abusive relationships. Yeah. Uh so there's a lot of different areas of the ADHD mind that uh, kind of set us up for failure in the relationship department. If uh, you're in a bad situation, I also uh, there's statistics out there that um, like a, a six out of 10 people with ADHD or six, uh, you're six times more likely to have been abused as a child than uh, mm. not to have been. So there's probably quite a mm. few listeners out there. That doesn't kind of help. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely, I mean, I love my dad, but um, I could definitely, fr just from a clinical standpoint, be able to classify my childhood upbringing as abusive. And uh, there's been lots of healing in there and it's fine. But, you know, that was that was my reality. And so I can definitely relate with that statistic. And a lot of what happens with ADHD, especially with abuse or, uh, you know, being told that you're not focusing, or you're not a good child or these things in childhood affect your attachment styles. And so you're you become either avoidant attachment style or anxiety prone like a, a, an anxious attachment style so like you're holding on to something and you're like don't leave me don't leave me don't leave me and you're holding on to it like you know Lenny with the mouse or the kitten in in my of mice and <laughs> men I think it's a mouse but yeah. um you know he he just can't let it go and you know so you know, you're holding on like that, or you become just like kind of passive on everything like, it's okay, whatever. Mm. And the people <laughs> with the, uh, with the avoidant attachment styles actually tend to have better quality, relationship quality assessments. So because, oh, yeah, really? because if you, hmm. if you're kind of avoidant and your, your partner is also kind of avoidant, it's kind of like you live in the house together and you, you know, interact, but you don't necessarily need to feed off of each other. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that, uh, yeah. you know, if you're kind of avoidant and your partner is also avoidant, it can actually be a decent situation in, in, in some ways. But if your style doesn't... That makes sense. I guess... Yeah. yeah. It, but if your style Just doesn't depends match, on what you want. Yeah. I mean... Mm -hmm. It's never good to be anxious, though. So, 
you know, and running away from yeah. being, so, being avoidant in all situations, you know, not dealing with things that are coming up because, you know, you're just like, nah, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, that, that that's not necessarily healthy either. However, it is easier to yeah. stay in a relationship in that way than if you're anxious yeah. about everything all the time, because that affects your health. Now with, with that said, <laughs> We are taught to stay, you know, put our put our nose to the grindstone and, you know, do, stay with things and stay with things. But, you know, when do you know whether that thing is working for you and when do you know that that thing is not going to work for you in a relationship? How do you know being with this person? Mm, maybe that's a good thing or maybe I should stick this out and see where it goes. So there's there's a couple of mm-hmm. things to look out for in every situation and every relationship that you have that people with ADHD also tend to like hope for the best. And Oh yeah. I'm an eternal optimist. I also feel like I have, you know, I I personally have trouble planning ahead. And so um, I don't think that helps me either in situations where I'm not sure if I should stay or go. Cause I just kind of take it one moment at a time. I'm not always thinking about the future. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what about that you, could, Jen? I, I could see how that would be kind of blinding, like not being able to consult the future on this. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, wait, sorry. What was the question is specifically for me? What now? <laughs> <laughs> like, do, you, do you do you plan out your future or like, are you an optimist? Oh, OK. Um, I don't know. I've been. <sighs> I've been accused of being both an optimist and a pessimist, depending on who is Mm. talking. Combined time. Um, Yeah, I don't even know. I like, I mean, I think I try to keep it real, try to keep it somewhere in the middle um, and really just examine situations. I think when I was younger, I was more likely to be optimistic. And then in my, like in my earlier adulthood, I was more likely to be pessimistic and now mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I've balanced out and I just kind of weigh the situation. Yeah, and you're see. a realist, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It, maybe. I guess if that's what it's, if that's what the middle is called, then I guess. <laughs> I think that is a realist. I mean, when you're able to look at both the negative sides and the positive sides of something, I think that's, you're living yeah. in reality. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. I, I have attempted to live in reality and I think I'm succeeding. <laughs> yeah, I think I, but, I just kind of have, uh, I don't know what to even attribute this trait to exactly, but I just kind of hope for the best in like all situations in my life. So unless something is blatantly off or wrong, I'll probably just keep going <laughs> and, you know, let little things slide along the way. But I, I don't really do a lot of critical thinking yeah. so much sometimes. Well, mm-hmm. and with, since we're talking about any toxic situation right here, you know, this something that can be applied to every single toxic situation that you have is what are your red flags? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are kind of nagging at you in the back of your head and something sets you off and you're not sure why? Now, Mm -hmm. sometimes we have red flags because it's a defense mechanism and, uh, you know, it's good to know that. But however, any in any situation that you think that could possibly be toxic or not be working out for you, I have learned to always make a list. I make a list of the pros and I make a list of the cons. And when I look at the list, Mm -hmm. you know, if your cons are outweighing your pros, then you got to get out. You know, that is probably yeah. the simplest, yeah. just that's so basic. And of course there's nuance and everything, but like the most basic thing you mm-hmm. can do is what are the pluses? What are the minuses? You know, which one is heavier? And if you can see a way out and your your cons are pretty high, uh, you should probably consider, you know, leaving that job or getting out of that relationship mm-hmm. or maybe leaving that church or that situation that you're in that's you know causing you emotional distress Mm -hmm. because what toxic situations are is is anything in your life that is bringing negative psychological impact to your life 
So mm-hmm. yeah. there's a difference between being stressed out because you have a lot of work and then feeling demeaned, attacked, and not being able to do your job properly at work and feeling personally degraded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's right. also important to think about what you, you know, who are you and what do you want in life? Like, you got to figure yourself out first, too. And I don't think I did that until I was like 38 years old, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> so like, you know, you can make, yeah, you can make a, you can make a pros and cons list, but if you don't know what your priorities are in life, then it's going to be hard to know how to prioritize you know what like maybe some of the pro maybe there's more cons but those pros are like really really good pros and so you know and it just depends on what season you're in in life what situation you're in maybe you know you're in a bad job or you know a toxic job but it pays really well and you really need that money right now so you're just gonna have to stick it out a little longer you know but oh yeah those are the nuances so i guess yeah, the total nuances. Yeah. But yeah, just figure out what's important to you. Do you want more peace in your life? Do, or do you want more money in your life? Or, you know, what do you yeah. what do you want? Yeah, but I mean, I will I will go as far as to say that if you're in a toxic work environment or a toxic relationship where you fundamentally feel un- mentally unbalanced, emotionally unbalanced, and it's affecting your health or your well-being then even if it's paying a lot of money you really need to think through that because you're you know mm-hmm. having negative emotional impact having negative psychological imp- impact that affects your health and your longevity and your you know your happiness overall so is it worth so it so true mhm yeah yeah i think that is it worth it part is so important. And like, you can attach a lot of meanings to the word worth. Like when people are talking about worth, you know, because of the way that our capital, our capitalist culture is here in America, we automatically start seeing dollar signs in the back of our minds when we talk about worth or value. But there are many types of worth or value out there, like emotional worth, Um, versus monetary worth. So just because Mm -hmm. something is, you know, might be worth it on a monetary scale, like if you're being paid an obscene amount of money to do something and you just absolutely hate it, like maybe the management sucks. Maybe they just like they're so mean to people. Maybe they require you to work a 60, 70 hour work week. Maybe you don't have time for your kids, your leisure pursuits, your family. Um, You don't have time to just even take a breath sometimes, or you feel like you don't. It's you know, then it's not emotionally worth it to you. And eventually it won't be physically worth it to you either. Yeah. Or maybe you're a woman who hasn't had a job in a very long time and your husband provides for you and he makes a lot of money, but it's a horrible marriage and you want to leave, but you just know, you know, there's no, you feel like there's no way you could make it on your own. And so Mm -hmm. that's, maybe that's something you're wrestling with right now. I mean, that's a hard one. Yeah. That's a real hard hard one. one. Cause security is really important. That's like a basic human need, you know, to feel safe and secure and I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of that does come from having money and a house. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Yeah. So that makes it so Security hard. Is one of the foundational parts, you know, that's. Yeah. 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 That can make the whole pyramid It can be crumble. very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in, in previous life, um, you know, when I'm hearing this, I'm, I'm relating it to, you know, to abusive situations because I've mm-hmm. been in a quite an abusive relationship where I actually went to domestic, domestic violence counseling afterward in, um, both a group and an individual setting. And there were other women in my group who were saying, I know he's abusing me. I can't get out. I want to get out, but it's going to take me at least 10 more years to leave based on the circumstances. And like, I would just listen to this and go, oh my gosh, like that, 
is awful because like some some people will find themselves in a situation where they're choosing between going into a shelter or living in a home and some people are not you know they, they're not sure if they're willing to live in a shelter <clears throat> mm-hmm. and um, you know you can you can stay through a whole lot of abuse whether it's good for you or not just to get that basic need of shelter met um, so and it kind of sucks because you know people who who say I can't leave even though I want to leave they often get judged really harshly for that and that's not something that <clears throat> excuse me that's not something that we should be judging people for it's just mm. you know where they're at um but it can also lead to very dangerous situations where the abuser knows how much control they have and they and if they start thinking they can get away with worse and worse then you know that's exactly what's going to happen so um and just mm. i guess for for the sake of discussing this um since we're on relationships right now yeah. um there, I personally make a distinction between a toxic relationship and an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's a difference in like in malfeasance, I guess. <laughs> like if you want to say Ooh, it like that, if cool it's word. a difference in yeah, <laughs> it's a difference in like in the overall um, like just and how it to. affects you. So like. Yeah, like some of it could be intentional versus unintentional. Um, some of it could be, and also some of it's the severity of the of the issue. So yeah. just so that people can kind of get their minds around what I would consider a toxic relationship versus an abusive one based on my own past experiences, I wrote out a short list. So things that I would consider toxic red flags in a relationship would be things like the partners are competing with each other instead of cooperating with each other. Mm. So when you kind of get in pissing contests over who has the better cell phone or whose job makes more money or who, um, you know, who contributed more to their IRA this year or like, you know, it can get really petty. Yeah, I'm but a, that is that's what my I toxic consider trait. toxic. <laughs> competitive <laughs> competition with your husband yeah, and uh, yeah my ex-husband and I it was bad but like with my husband oh. now it's I mean it's kind of he kind of has it too so we're always kind of mm. siding it's it's our toxic trait but like overall <laughs> our marriage mildly, yeah overall our marriage toxic. is okay so like yeah. yes <laughs> but toxic light. yeah like Toxic light. You can have toxic traits in yeah. toxic light. <laughs> We're diet toxic. Does it have rainbows on the can? Diet toxic. That's right. All the flavors, If it has rainbows on the, the can, I'm in. Um, there you go. Yeah. I don't think I could so, be in a like, not, yeah. not little bit of toxic relationship just because like Ooh, that. Ooh, that's interesting insight. Well, yeah, because I, I think it's fun. I think arguing is fun. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I can't. I cannot so, relate to that. I'll know. apologize there, when I'm wrong. There, have, yeah. Oh, no, I, I love been, it. What you do, what works for you. I love that you know yourself. Okay, sorry, Jed. <laughs> that's very honest. Like I am. I applaud yeah. your honesty. Um, totally. But like, I've I've actually read. Um, I can't remember what it what what's what study it was now, but I was reading a study on ADHD and and toxic and abusive relationships, and they had pointed out that ADHD people can either be the aggressor or the victim in that situation. But either Mm -hmm. way, we're more likely to do it. And so things like (laughs) impulsive behavior would be contributing to the aggressive, like how how likely you are to be the aggressor. And since Annette is our hyperactive slash impulsive type, (laughs) it works. Um, (laughs) um, I, yeah. So um, another toxic trait in a relationship, in my opinion, would be insensitivity toward other the other person's emotions in a relationship Mm. so if you have trouble with you know taking somebody else's feelings into account or if your partner does then you know that's something that's a toxic situation um there's also when one partner or maybe both partners takes credit for the work or ideas of the other partner so which is 
Yeah. Like I, I've experienced this one. It's not fun. Um, and I think a lot of women experience this because men are very, are more likely to take, um, take, uh, credit for the thoughts or opinions or creative things of their wives then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, and then also if a partner is making unreasonable demands of your time, I would consider that like a toxic thing where, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about to the extreme. I'm, I'm talking like, you know, you really want some you time, but that person is just unrelenting and they just, they, for some reason, can't listen to the word, Hey, I need my, I need just a little bit of time to myself just to take a breath for a minute. Yeah. That, they don't respect it, boundaries. It's, maybe yeah. it's hedging on abusive behavior. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not quite there yet. <laughs> um, yeah. but it, I mean, you, that can be a red flag for more serious behavior later on if it gets really, really bad. Um, yeah, I, I could so, see that leading to controlling behavior from there. Yes. Yeah. So, so the, the determination here, mm-hmm. yes. So the determination is whether or not you're actually like really being harassed or controlled by this behavior. If you can't really say, ah, oh, well, I'm not really being harassed or controlled. I'm really just being annoyed by it. Well mm-hmm. then. Okay. Then it's That's toxic. just toxic, not abusive. Uh, yes. Yeah. Not okay. abusive. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then the final toxic trait that I had here was unequal labor in a relationship. So whether that's Mm. unequal workloads, like one person takes care of the kids constantly without the other person, you know, giving them a break or helping out in any way, or if they're always the one to do the house cleaning, literally like, like most of it or all of it sometimes. Um, Or if you're constantly the one who is doing the emotional labor where you're catering to somebody else's feelings, all the time without a whole lot of concern going back your way, <clears throat> that inequality creates a toxic environment. Yeah, so sure can. Yeah, yeah. That's when you're not feeling heard or respected and that your can create feelings a lot of are resentment. starting to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. resentment can, can build up over time. Quick, or can build yeah, up pretty toxic, quickly, actually. <laughs> toxic behavior can absolutely create resentment over time. And um I, th- I think what what really makes toxic behavior toxic and not abusive is the fact that it's workable. It's mm-hmm. it's not like irreparable damage. It's not something that would cause PTSD. It's something that's, you know, very frustrating to deal with and can feel like it's taking quite a toll on you. But it's not like, you know, really affecting the health of your entire life. Um, so do you you feel like do you feel like someone who's in a toxic relationship has hope to turn that around into a healthy relationship like do you feel like if it's toxic maybe you should stay and try and work on it yeah like yeah so when you're when you're talking toxic relationships you hear stuff you might hear your friends say things like god my wife was so annoying she just you know, we had plans. She ditched them at the last minute to go with her friends. Really hurt my feelings. Or my husband, gosh, he just never cleans up after himself. And it is really frustrating having to pick up after him all the time. And these are situations where, you know, arguably they could talk about it if they both have, you know, a healthy mindset. They could communicate. They could maybe go to therapy. They could, you know, work this stuff out between them. But when it gets to be like a real pull on your life in such a way that that this behavior is like disruptive to your life mm-hmm. in some way, then that's when you've started to turn the corner into abusive territory. And there are actually a bunch of different forms of abuse um, that like we sometimes don't even really consider. We just, you know, feel their effects. So. Mm. Something that would be abusive would be like, so instead of being insensitive to somebody's feelings, taking actively taking pleasure in somebody's embarrassment, that's Oof. abusive. So that's where we've turned the corner from this person's kind of an insensitive jackass to this person is kind of malevolent, like yeah. they're they make fun of you in public. 
and then laugh at you. They might make you the butt of every joke amongst your friends. If something embarrassing happens to you while you're out, just, you know, out of bad luck, they might be the first to start laughing about it. That is not somebody who's on your side. That's somebody yeah, who is that's not good. in it for themselves. They want to look better than you. And they're going to point out whatever flaws they can to get what they want. Well, and a lot of times they'll um, point out their flaws to make you feel broken so that they have a, a, a stronger str- uh, like hold over you. So it's a... It, that mm. is manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Yeah, that's that's total manipulation. But yeah, they they sometimes will come off looking very pitiful, especially if they're a narcissist who's very good at manipulating other people. They, you know, they might play the woe is me, the violin story. Narcissists are really good at playing the emotional violin and getting Mm. people on their side and making you out to be, you know, the evil one in the situation. But I digress. Um, (laughs) Another abusive thing is physical aggression. If you have any physical aggression in your relationship at all, it's abusive, Hmm. period. Like there is no excusing. Even like I, I used to be in a relationship when I was very young where it was competitive. Um, you know, he would constantly take credit for my ideas. And if I happened to say something that was smart or, you know, witty, or if I had the upper hand out in public, he would just like, like shove me into a wall and be like, oh, sorry, oops, I didn't mean to do it that hard. And like, you know, make it a joke. And, and, you know, that's something that like, since I had an abusive household growing up, I didn't automatically. Yeah, I didn't automatically think. He was joke. He was doing it like ha ha and like joking, push you into the wall, but you know, trying. Yeah, or, or he'd like pretending. kick me in the knee, and be like, "You're such, you know, you're such a bitch," oh, and, and just and like name calling. So that is yeah, that how, it was. Is that how it started? Yeah, it was, it was pretty, never it, anything. That was, yeah, it was. It, I know exactly who yeah. she's talking about. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, like, I could, oh, that's so sneaky because like. To a lot of people, yeah. that might look really benign. But he's you know? like, charming. He's he has a very charming yeah. personality. And he just pulls yeah, it so off like, sneaky. oh, we're just joking. And we're just like, mm-hmm. yeah. But. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Super. Uh, yeah. And then like if that. you. Super abusive. It's one of those situations where if you argue with it, everybody else winds up thinking that you're, you know, like testy as a person yeah. or that you're being unfair. Yeah. Um, so being in that situation is a lose-lose and it's really hard to navigate, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that is abusive ab- outright is gaslighting. Yeah. Now there's mm-hmm. a lot of confusion about what gaslighting is in a relationship. And so some people take it to mean like if somebody is telling you something that makes, that puts you on a fence that it's gaslighting, but no. that's not what it is. No, it's it's not just saying something offensive. It's not just harping on people about where they could grow up or get better strengths or whatever. No, it's changing it's reality. Hmm. It is changing your your mental reality or how you perceive yourself. So gaslighting is what happens when somebody manipulates you into thinking that you are maybe either crazy or that you have a warped perception of reality or that you're not seeing things accurately. It's what happens to um, ADHD people with um, with emotional, um, uh, oh gosh, Annette. Uh, dysregulation. I'm, I'm losing the word. Dysregulation, yes, yeah. emotional dysregulation. Um, when, when everybody's like, you're too emotional about this. You're just too sensitive to something that really genuinely hurt your feelings that's also gaslighting. <laughs> so oh, just because the person has an emotional pro like an, an issue with managing their emotions or with feeling them doesn't mean it's okay for you to tell them that whatever offended them shouldn't have offended them. Yeah. In, so, that, um, though, if you, if you, in that way, in that instance, yeah. I wouldn't put that under gaslighting because gaslighting is a very mm-hmm. intentional thing. Even psychologically, if you look up the definition yes. of it, it is very... That's true. That's true. Th- there is there is malice behind it. Now, 
a mother telling their child, okay. like, no, it's not really a big deal or anything. Like it's being dismissive. I put that as dismissive, not necessarily gaslighting. Gaslighting. Okay. It's diet diet yeah. gaslighting. Diet gaslighting. Diet gaslighting. <laughs> okay. So gaslight light. What, what about that's right. What what about yes. the example when you go to your partner and you tell them this is how I feel about something and they say, Oh, well, you shouldn't feel that way because blah blah I think blah, that's blah, blah. Is that gaslighting? No, I think that's dismissive. Okay. Dis- gaslighting is is like when you said, No, dude. You said this like two days ago, and they said, I never said that. I, you must be remembering mm. and misremembering. It must have gotten into your mind and you mixed it up in something because I never said that. No, I absolutely heard you say that. No, I never said anything like that. Are you okay? Like, that's <laughs> okay. So, just denying facts or, yeah. or changing that's- reality, like saying, Yeah, this thing happened, and you're like, No, it didn't. And they're like, Yeah, it did. Everybody mm-hmm. saw it. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, that's, okay, that's gaslighting. Sneaky. Yeah, that it's sense. it's really like it, it it gets to the heart of, you know, of h- how you view your own mental status. So, yeah. um, you know, you sit back and go, gosh, maybe maybe I'm unreasonable. Maybe I need therapy. Maybe I'm the person who's in the wrong here, you know, and you start to question your own um, just your own even sometimes like you're my I'm sorry my words are are your, failing me right now your own recall um, your own memories yeah your own yeah, sanity you're you're recalling mm-hmm. memories yeah yes yeah. yes okay that's ex- yeah that's what I was getting at <laughs> but like that's so true and, and I mean so, a lot of us a lot of us ADHDers have poor memories yeah exactly already. that's like me yeah and so if someone's like oh no that's not how it happened I'm just like oh they're probably right yeah because I forget <laughs> yeah no so, I I yeah. absolutely right. have the same issue in that like I have memory issues so mm-hmm. but if I remember something yeah. I'm like no because uh, I have I, I it, some people gaslight unintentionally Mm, and mm-hmm. uh it's not it, it, they they don't know that they're doing it but because they're just manipulative people they're just stubborn no they're just really <laughs> yeah. manipulative they probably learned it yeah so i have two mm-hmm. people in my house who are definitely like this and um <laughs> yeah and so like they'll, they'll be like no i never said that or like it was like this and i'm I, and I'm like, uh, no. And I, I've said to uh, my husband, who is one of our uh, our naturally born gaslighters, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I know he does it. So like, uh, I, I constantly say to him, I'm like, I need to have a recorder running constantly when you're talking to me so that I can go back yeah. and go, hey, because you did not, you did not say that or you did say that. <laughs> like, so like, Wow, it sounds like my relationship is really toxic, guys, but it's not. <laughs> like, oh, no. it's, it's, <laughs> but I know. You said you like it a little you like it a little toxic. I do like though, it a little don't you? But yeah. But I also know, I know that that's happening and I he, I I know that he's not aware that that's that's what he's doing. He's not aware of it. Yeah. And yeah, so like yeah. that kind of gives mm-hmm. me an extra point of grace to be like yeah mm-hmm. okay whatever like it's not a big deal like whatever you know and so uh totally yeah. you know you know he's he loves you and it's yeah 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 so but yeah yeah it's not malevolent no he <laughs> right. yeah and my my daughter too she 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 changes facts to get her way and make you feel bad for her and stuff like hmm. it's a thing and you know, she kind of realizes that she's doing it, but she doesn't really know why she's doing it. And it's like, but I'll, I'll like point out to her. I'll be like, you're doing that thing. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. You know, some people who are just like kind of geared, the, you know, kind of manipulative by nature do fall into gaslighting just without even knowing that they're doing it. So like I do you think that has anything to do with like compulsive lying at all I think so I feel like I don't know like you know how there's some people and I don't know I feel like kids are kind of like this too they just kind of lie for no reason sometimes they want to see you know they're they're just checking the boundaries yeah 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 yeah. like they'll just Mm -hmm. and I wonder if there's certain people um 
you know, there's certain people that have been president of this country that I feel are kind of like that, you know, like just, they just can't help it. <laughs> uh, I think you can just round up any old politician and throw them in that sack. Basically, like, <laughs> they just say what people want to hear. Okay, here is my unpopular opinion. I will give you my unpopular opinion, but based mm -hmm. off of what I know, what I've studied and what I've experienced in my life. People who mm -hmm. are abusive don't, like, everybody thinks of them as the devil. I don't see most of them as the devil. I think there is a very small, a very small percentage of them that do it with malice. But a lot of people are just reacting out of mm -hmm. subsets and learned behaviors. And mm -hmm. so, and they become abusive and they get the yeah. they get the power they get the position so they feel it just kind of feeds it and it becomes bigger but i don't think in the person in in their base form is evil in most cases yeah mm. so see i've had the unfortunate reality of having multiple of these offenders in my life who were absolutely doing it out of malevolence yeah. and like willful intent so to me, when I hear abusive, I automatically think intentional. Um, mm -hmm. But Annette's bringing up a really good point that my PTSD sometimes doesn't allow me to see is that sometimes people are abusive and they're not exactly intending to be abusive. They're using tools that happen to be abusive that they learned from abusive family members because they had an abusive childhood. So, and it sucks because that's really sad. Like yeah. it's, it's sad how generational violence gets passed down. It's sad how generational trauma gets passed down. Um, at the end of the day, as human beings and as adults, we have to eventually pull up our big girl and big boy panties and Go to counseling, yeah. go to therapy, examine like, yourself, yeah. take, take a Break, look in the, the mirror breaker. and say, yeah, like, wait a minute, how am I maybe contributing to this situation? Yes. Um, when you, you know, when you stopping you and, you, gotta, and you have you that thought that. like, oh my God, I'm, I'm becoming my mother or I'm just like my dad, mm -hmm. you know, that's when you can be like, I don't want to do that now, to other people. Now I want to make this really, really crystal, crystal, crystal fucking clear. That I said yeah. that not every person who is abusive is evil to their core. However, abusive mm -hmm. situations are never okay and you should never suffer because you think that that person is good on the inside. It's not, mm, you, can end up dead, right. you can end yeah, up dead, you can end up injured. It is not okay. It's not okay. Yes. You know, that yep. is a toxic situation you could. and you should figure a way out. If you are in so physical... True danger mm -hmm. you should not stay yeah no matter how much yeah, you love and that don't, person don't if stay for you, the kids no because no, don't kids stay getting, for the kids if, either if, if, if he's abusing you he's gonna <clears throat> abuse the kids too or if she's abusing you she's gonna abuse right. the kids too you know it's not just yeah. men who are the abusers right. so no mm -hmm. no it is not there are absolutely female abusers out there that i mean they're just they, they can look just as evil as some of the <laughs> the men that we think of as evil out there. And, you know, it's it definitely goes both ways. And it like I, I just say don't don't stay for the kids because I like I knew a woman growing up whose sons were on my swim team. And um, when I I think I was 17 or 18 when or I was actually I was 18 <clears throat> when the news broke around the area <gasps> that that woman was found. Don't don't say the name. <laughs> was found dead, burned in a barrel in her backyard. Whoa! Chopped up into pieces. Whoa! I don't. She had this. been staying for the kids. Oh my god! Um, yeah, and and I I knew the kids in that situation. I had known them for years. And, wow. um, yeah, it's, it was such a tragic situation. So never, ever stay mm -mm. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Not it. So, so um, draw the line at physical yeah. abuse. Yeah. Yeah. That's never and another okay. one never that we okay. do not. 
we we honestly don't think of this very often. And I personally didn't even consider it a, like an abusive thing until I went to domestic violence counseling is financial abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If somebody is controlling the finances or the money in the situation, um, then that is abusive. And I'm not talking about one partner is, you know, going and paying all the bills every month out of the checking account that's a joint account and that you both have access to. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, I'm talking about when somebody has all of the passwords locked down to every financial account. I'm talking about, you know, when you're on a joint account, but they keep calling your card in stolen if you leave the house and you didn't tell them about it. Um, I'm I'm talking about people who are not allowed to possess cash money or, Mm. you know, go shopping for themselves. People who are not allowed to to um, engage the world on a financial level um, as an individual. <clears throat> yeah, they got someone else controlling that for them. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. There are situations where people will, you know, go out the, they'll leave the, leave the house and one of the partners will call in the card as lost or stolen so that they don't have access to an ATM or any cash they can't get wow. gas. They, yeah. So if that's you're, a, that's really like, scary, especially for stay at home. Yo, moms that's that are what happened working. to Jen. It is what happened to me. Yeah. yeah, that was that was part of how I ended up getting imprisoned in my own home for months on end, because wow. I had no access to anything. Not even not even enough gas to drive down the yep. street. Um, so basically. It, it was a situation where the car was kept with low enough gas that I could only drive far enough to get to the gas station. I couldn't wow. drive any farther than that. So if I didn't have cash to get gas, I couldn't go anywhere else. Right. So I couldn't leave. You know, what's yeah. really scary. I mean, how do smart women like us end up in situations like that? Because, you know, by giving people the benefit of the doubt over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. despite despite your your better judgment, like there's a and also this stuff happens over years. Like, I know that I'm an intelligent and capable human being. I am absolutely not an idiot. Um, I can promise (laughs) everybody out there. But I got into a really bad situation because I was willing to overlook too many red flags, number one. And there were red flags that I didn't notice were red flags because I was brought up in an abusive environment. That's number two. Mm. And then number three, it all happened over a long enough period of time that I wasn't able to fully put the big picture together. So mm. until it was like way too late. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it's I'm like talking the frog, it was the frog in the pot of boiling water is just slowly mm-hmm. getting hotter. And... It happened over more than 10 years. Yeah, it happened over about uh, about a decade's worth of time. So if you can put I mean, if you, I suppose if if you're neurotypical and you can keep all of these balls floating in the air all the time and put <laughs> all the pieces together, you know, maybe maybe you could recognize this stuff. And I think anybody who was brought up in a in a safe and supportive household would have noticed a lot of this stuff right off the bat. But, um, you know, there are certain of us out, out there who just don't know what a, what a good relationship, what a healthy relationship looks like and what a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship looks like. We're not able to really distinguish those. And you have to remember Mm -hmm. that Um, people who are abusive are seeking control and they seek it from people who are yes. emotionally damaged. So, and yes. find me people, how many people can you find with ADHD that are not emotionally damaged from having to grow up with learning disabilities, with, you know, relationship difficulties, with mm-hmm. uh, RSD, you know, yeah, where, how, yeah. you, you know, we got, we got the stack against us when it comes to emotional security and so we are prey for people who want control 
Yeah. Makes sense. Especially sadly. since a lot of us tend to be so empathetic. And people pleasing. And, yeah. And that's what they. Yes. The yeah. People pleasing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Because isn't so that true. what masking is all about? Is yes. people pleasing, mm -hmm. making sure everybody else is happy except you? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes to everyone. Yeah. Don't want to let yeah. anyone down. <clears throat> One yeah. that we do discuss a lot more is when, when you're having your visits to family and friends controlled, like the circumstances around them controlled, like, you know, maybe you'll always show up an hour late to an event because the other person always stalls for time and then blames it on you. That's abusive. Mm. Um, if they're always, if, if you know that you can only see your family for 30 minutes at a time or your friends, because you know, your other half is going to make up an excuse to leave really quickly. That's another abusive thing. That's controlling your time, uh, with your friends and family. If you're not allowed to see any of your friends or family without that person with you, that's also abusive. That's mm -hmm. huge control there. Um, and also abusive is the alienation of family and friends. So that's when to take a step even farther, the person does stuff to piss your family and friends off so that they're not in your life anymore. And they, mm -hmm. they'll usually make it look like it's your fault as well so that they're everybody's mad at you and not wow. them. I have, so they make you totally reliant on them. Yep. I have a... Mm -hmm. person that I yep. love very dearly who is in that situation we don't speak much because I you know it's it, I can't speak freely the other person always has to be around yeah yeah that's tough so, yeah that you know, is and really it's, everything tough. is controlled because then you just watch you know, it yeah alienated you know, yeah I, I have a friend I'm thinking of that was in a similar situation and, and I know that it was coming from a place of insecurity her husband was I think he was honestly jealous because he didn't have any friends yeah. and so he was jealous of our friendship Ooh. and just couldn't handle it when we were having such a good time together and laughing and you know oh yeah. Yeah, it really upset him. Yeah. So insecurity. That's, that's a big red flag. Oh yeah. They're divorced be... now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's tough though when it's like it's toxic, but when you're in that kind of gray zone, like I feel like my marriage was there were a lot of red flags, but a lot of them weren't that bad, you know? And so I just kind of um saw through it as best as I could and and you know there, there there wasn't there wasn't again there wasn't any like blatant abuse you know I mean if I really picked it apart you might be able to find some like emotional abuse but there wasn't any physical abuse or weren't any symptoms I, it's like I almost yeah. wish it had been kind of easier and clearer for me to make a decision but um yeah I was married yeah. for like 15 years and um I, I really did try I, I tried to leave I tried to leave him before we even got married and then uh <laughs> in 2013 and then finally was able to make the decision to divorce him in 2021 but god i struggled with that question should i stay or should i go for so fucking long and <clears throat> didn't i but you know like i was saying earlier like i feel like you have to really know yourself and i did not know myself i was masking for so mm -hmm. long just trying to be this perfect person for everyone and you know growing up at a church yeah. had part of part to do with that and and just um wanting to please my parents wanting to please other family members I guess you know I <clears throat> stayed with them for all the wrong reasons I, I wasn't happy though mm. you know and and yeah. so oh but it's just so tough when it's like not blatantly bad you know like you know you deserve better, but yeah. you've already invested so much into this, and you have kids together, yeah. and it would be such a huge life change. And you know, change is hard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. But, so, and it took I me think a long it should time. be. Yeah, I, I think it should be pointed out that just because your situation isn't abusive if it's toxic you can still make that call like you know what this is too toxic for me personally i do not personally see the benefit of continuing this toxic relationship I, oh, and that's totally. okay yeah yeah even you if it's do mildly not toxic, have to you be don't abused be to leave 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't want to yeah. be there, get out. Yeah. Well, I think if you can't yeah. envision a happy future, this goes for work, this goes for friendships, mm-hmm. this goes for family members, this goes for anything. If you sit there and you cannot imagine happiness on the horizon or anything good in coming from that situation in the future, you should get out. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And it yeah, bo- it does boil down to that. You know, you uh, you guys <laughs> mentioned your your exes. I mean, I had two distinct memories before I got married to my ex husband, which triggered me, and I went, "Oh, I should not marry this person." And then I mm-hmm. ignored it, and but I like I remember being just married and going like. I wonder how many years after how many years we're going to get divorced. Like I always, in my head, I always knew we were going to end up divorced. Wow. That's wild. Because I knew that that was not my life partner. Now, my husband, now we've we've already mentioned that we have some toxic traits going on. However, I don't, I can spend the rest of my life with him. I don't you know i mm-hmm. see happiness in my future i'm fine like we are we are good and so it's like yeah I don't that's good should i divorce him never once has entered my head in 10 years of marriage but it entered my head almost every single day in my past relationship so mm-hmm. if that con- if that is plaguing you get out you know if you're constantly sitting at your desk going I think I should quit. I think I should quit. I need to get out of this. Like, yeah. like get your out. happiness is yeah. worth it. And I think that I think especially women lie to ourselves and tell ourselves like, you know, my happiness isn't important. It's just it's more important that my kids are happy or that my partner's happy or everyone else is happy, you know, but like no, your happiness matters. Yeah. Your peace matters. Your your security mm-hmm. ever like you deserve to be living your best life right and now. And I think you know. I yeah. think you know. I think everybody mm-hmm. knows. This isn't something that, like, one day they're like, oh, I think in the back of my, your mind, <laughs> like, because there's a difference. I mean, my job is hard, but I like mm-hmm. it. I've had jobs where I was like, oh, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah. it might have been good money, yeah. but it was like, you know, I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to yeah. be here. I don't want to be here. But, like, mm-hmm. There's a difference between something being hard and something being not right for you. And if mm, you're constantly so true. If you're constantly it's wanting hard, to run, it's not right. If your instinct in that situation is to run, you know, mm-hmm. you have instincts, human instincts have been have evolved over like, you know, thousands and thousands <laughs> and thousands of years, you know, like come on, millions of years if you want to go that far. <laughs> You know, we yeah. you, you have an instinct to run. There is a reason for that. So if if it's hard, yeah. but you're like, it's yeah, it's hard. It's stressful, but you know, but you can continue and you you see a path there. Then, for all means, mm-hmm. continue. But if you just th- can't, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that back in 2013, we t- we were talking about this before the show, but back in 2013. When I had first decided, okay, I want to leave my marriage. I am done. I'm not happy. Yes, we have a baby together, but I, can, I don't see a future with him. Um, uh, shit, I, heard, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 I remember. Sorry. Um, yeah, because we, we were just talking about this. You know, uh, people were saying things to me like, and, 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 you know, it was true. I was depressed. I had postpartum depression that was not treated until much later i was really depressed really stressed working a really tough job then so like my life was just kind of crazy and i was a hot mess of emotions and so people were saying like whoa 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 don't make the this big life decision to leave your marriage when you're going through all this stress you know like wait till things die down and you feel more normal and you know and and so i I think that kind of got in my head like oh yeah i can't trust myself because you know I, but you had wanted to run so, before so like that was- i know i know i know it's true but it's like but uh, that's almost like uh, i guess that's not gaslighting but you know yeah when other people are telling you like don't trust yourself like uh, i don't like that that yeah. feels icky to it's me it's being dismissive yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I is. knew, it's I very knew deep in my gut, but I didn't trust myself. I, I did listen to other people. I was like, oh, they're older and wiser than we, me. They must know better than you me. You know what? The one quote I absolutely love and I live my life by it is when you are about to die, when you get old, people, if you talk to them, they always regret the things they didn't do. Not the things they did. Mm. So if you did it, if you cut mm-hmm. and run, you're going to have a different path. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to regret that. What you're going to regret is if you didn't get out or if you didn't. You know, that is that. so true. You don't, you don't really ever hear people say, oh, I regret leaving that job or I regret getting that divorce. You don't hear that very often, you know? Maybe, maybe because as humans, we just, if we decide to leave a situation, we just have to tell ourselves like whatever happens next is going to be better, you know? Well, I mean, I legitimately think my life is better. (laughs) Uh... Oh yeah. I mean, I know, I know I made the right choice, but, but yeah, that that is something you can tell yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, I think all three of us made the right choice, but Mm -hmm. in very different situations and for very different reasons. Yeah. And that just goes to show that, you know, there there can be differences in situations and severities of situations. And, you know, just because Annette and Ellen, you know, didn't have the same severity of situation as I did, I don't discount that they wanted to leave and that that was good for them. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they can like th- this can all coexist. <laughs> so um, and I think I think now there's this trend of getting into these emotional competitions over like who has it the worst and whose life is the hardest. Yeah. And oh, well, you shouldn't have, you know, it's it. And it's very dismissive once again of other people's mm-hmm. feelings. Telling it's very them that, ableist, you know, too, well, you know, yeah. it is. It is. We yeah. All have different like, thresholds. Just, it is yeah we do Mm -hmm. and just because i can tolerate one thing that you know that somebody else would find super annoying or even maddeningly frustrating on Mm -hmm. the other spectrum other other end of the spectrum that doesn't mean that you know i'm somehow better Mm -hmm. (laughs) or that you know the other person shouldn't look at that situation critically like yeah it's just it's a different situation it's a different set of tolerances and we all have that and that's what can make us compatible or not to a situation so like I mean I've had jobs that some of my other friends are like oh well that was a pretty good job why'd you leave that job and I was like god I I was miserable yeah but maybe they wouldn't have been miserable in my in the job that I left Mm -hmm. it would have been good for them so, like, well, I mean, you know, we all have to keep that perspective. Yeah. How many people yes. can can deal with little kids all day? I mean, I love I love yeah. being a teacher. I <laughs> love kids. But like every person, you have your own subset. Now, like I look at people who do paperwork and I had I had jobs that did paperwork and it made decent money. It was torture. Mm-hmm. Couldn't pay me enough mm-hmm. to just have a boring desk job like that. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, everyone yeah. is just unique and different and and you really like I said, I'm going to say it again, just get to know yourself. Get to know what you need. Write it down. Yeah. And if you yeah. if your instinct exactly. is to run, get maybe, high. you know, kind of listen <laughs> a little bit, you know, listen to your <laughs> listen to your inner voice. Exactly. Yep. There's that mm, yeah. Sometime on the show I want to talk a little bit about the internal family systems therapy I've been studying. Oh. But yeah, you've got that oh, yeah. inner self inside you. It's that voice that talks to yourself when you're doing something crazy and inside you're like, What the fuck am I doing? Why am I acting like this? That's like your core mm-hmm. self that is like the calm, curious, kind of zen like, you know, state of your best whatever. And I feel like I finally have started to get to know that part of me. And it's really fascinating to me because that's such a great place to make decisions from, Mm. you know, from that part of you. Yeah. 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 I love it. From the calm centered part and not the part that's going. Ah, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm 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 hyperactive ADHD. I don't think that I have a quiet, calm, zen center. I think my quiet, (laughs) 
I think my Zen center is still going, ah, yeah, so. It's a little bouncy ball and uh, yeah, always moving. Yep. You're that, you're that meme with like the, you know, the, my internal voice. And then that guy with the, like the hair, that's like a hairdryer from fifth element. Like, yes. <laughs> and that's in her voice. No, it's, it's, it's the Energizer bunny, man. Yeah. 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 Well, I think even if you have, you know, if you're the hyperactive type, you probably have a, you know, relatively calm side. Like, you know, you have the panicked anxiety side and then you have the not panicked anxiety side that's still yeah. very active. It's still So excited, maybe that's where you're making decisions from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to recap, we all run into these, yeah, we all run into these situations in life where we ask ourselves, do I need to buckle down and have more grit or do mm -hmm. I need to cut and run? And everybody's going to come to that place in at a different time in under different circumstances. So there is absolutely no clean cut explanation for when you should leave a situation besides if you can start seeing overtly abusive uh, an abuse an abusive quality of the relationship whether that's a romantic mm -hmm. relationship which we've you know delved into pretty well here or if it's a work-like relationship where you're you know like let's say that you're um, promotions are contingent upon extra benefits that have nothing to do with work. Um, you know, that's <laughs> abusive. So, <laughs> so, you know, if you're, if, or if you're being held down oppressively by management for some reason that has nothing to do with your work at all, abusive, you know, get out. Um, but if it's just, you know, minor annoyances, or maybe you've identified that you or your partner or your boss have toxic traits that are making you feel like that situation may become unworkable for you in the future, or maybe it is at the present. You have to, you know, look at that, say, can this get better? Do I want it to get better? Mm -hmm. um, if you can answer those questions, you'll figure it out pretty quickly what you should really do regardless of how well you're being paid or how long you've been in the relationship and how many kids you have. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, at some point there's always going to be that, that final end stop. <laughs> yeah. You are the center of your own universe and nobody yeah. else is going to make these choices for you. You have to do it yourself. Nope. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard, but that's you, like, so... we're all in our own journeys. Yep. So. Yep. So get out the spiral notebook, start making a pros and cons list and yeah. see if you even want to negotiate the situation um, or if it's just going to be too much for you to handle. Mm -hmm. And if it is, no shame, no blame. You just get somewhere that's better for you. Right. So, we all go through phases in our lives and there's nobody should be should feel like they have to stay at a marriage or in a yeah. job or anything. You know, we all have autonomy yep. and should be able to make yep. our own choices we're, as adults. We're not required. We're That's not right. required to stay. This is a free country. Um, so, yeah. So if you're kind of <laughs> listening to this and going, oh, gosh, this is my work life or, oh, gosh, this is my relationship. I always at the end of like pretty much every episode say maybe you should consult a counselor or therapist. <laughs> Therapy <laughs> um, is good. You know. Or somebody that you really, really, really trust who has not not a toxic trait in sight or whatever <laughs> to, yeah. to help you through this. Or maybe their toxic traits are just compatible with you. Um, so um, consult the yeah, Internet. Just, They'll be real honest with you on Reddit. <laughs> too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Boy, Reddit. Yeah. Reddit's an honest place. <laughs> um, so if you really want the brutal, honest truth go to Reddit. <laughs> They'll yeah. give it to you. Um, Cheaper than so... therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but is. you might need therapy after but... all the trolls comment on your post. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could wind up in therapy for a whole different reason than, than how you started. <laughs> so. Yes. But feel free to oh. also feel free to message us with your stories. If you're 
not sure what to do, we'll give you our little opinion. (laughs) Yep. You can always click on our contact link and send us a contact uh, through the website, or you can do bazeltovpodcast at gmail.com. You can ask advice from us three who have been through it. And one of us who, you know, is, has studied psychology legitimately. I mean, we are elder <laughs> millennials now. Give you like, a perspective. We, we've got, you know, some good wisdom now, I think, on us. <laughs> elder millennials. We need like some staves with like little crystals on them or something. Yes, like elder millennials. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, fine. Maybe not. So, <laughs> so yeah, if you want us to um, give advice to you via the podcast, go ahead and contact us via really any way you want to. We'll get your message. Yeah. Um, and thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you all have a really good thinking session and make a lot of good lists. And we'll see you next time. Bazel Bazel